You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. If you guys haven't checked out the new Navigator series from Lacrosse, I strongly suggest you do that. Two really good boots within that Navigator series, the Windrose and the Atlas. If you want to find out more information about all of the boots that Lacrosse offers, visit their website, lacrossefootwear.com. You won't regret it. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. All right, guys. Thanks for coming back on another another podcast here. Um, going to kind of, I, I guess, now we're in February, we're right in the heart of, there's so many habitat management projects going on, but there's a lot of projects, a lot of irons in the fire for Matt and I here uh, with Land and Legacy. Um, we do, as as we wear, we wear many hats, um, <laughs> that's yeah. not, we wear many hats, many hats, and, and, wear many hats. and many types of boots, uh, I should say too, because yeah. there's consulting boot, and there's real estate boot, and there's church boot and uh, uh yeah absolutely boot scoot and boogie because uh we, <laughs> we just got so many things going on as we continue to build our business and i mean we started from scratch and what we're trying to build and do and uh, a lot of exciting stuff and one of those things that as you guys have heard us talk a little bit i mean we we do the the land consulting kind of the natural resource management restoration side where we're helping landowners um, across the country restore habitats to where they can have more animals and improve their hunting and their whole outdoor experience. But then we're also real estate agents, so we're helping people find their dream farm. Or help. That's kind of the idea for us is helping, helping our clients find the next property or find the property that they want to call home for for them, their kids, their grandkids, and long into the long into the uh, history books Um, but a big part is also as we've started this transition is also helping our podcast listeners who are planning to find the dream farm reach out to us and we ensure that they can find the farm that's going to be the quickest transition to reach their goals Um, and then also helping as you'll hear in this podcast helping people um invest in land not just something to buy and hold on forever but um you know there's all kinds of people who invest their money or invest in certain things to uh 
grow their wealth um, and many other things, but investing in land. Um, so some people can invest in the stock market or invest in other businesses, and there's people that invest in land, um, and this is a podcast about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with this podcast, I think it's necessarily important to talk about on the front end is what we're going to share is a culmination of all these different elements that, that we've been working on for several years to put together. And we've done it um, with other landowners in the past, but this is a project that definitely will be very hands-on with, uh, which, which Adam and I are both very excited about. Um, but at the very heart of it, what's, what's going to happen and transpire over the next few years is opportunity um, for one, new memories, but then two is we're creating the potential or assisting to create the potential for new families to get outdoors and have the experiences that we all love and just cherish. So I think that at the root of it, um, you know, to take the, the real estate component, the, the new relationships, the working, the property, some just really habitat restoration projects that are restoring some extremely unique and fragile landscapes on top of hunting all of these things combined it's going to be an incredible project in a beautiful part of the country absolutely we are pumped a great part of the country to be in Um, as you'll hear us discuss the uh just the the amount of diversity within the habitat but within the the species to enjoy to hunt um and then just overall the investment side of it of you know this is something that this is an investment that is one of those that we have a group an investment group buying a farm and and unlike some of the other investments there are stocks and things they're going to get to enjoy it while their money's there uh, while they're invested in this farm so there's going to be the enjoyment side of it the the family involvement side and then in a couple of years there'll be the the relist and and sell to find the next family or or buyers to to carry on the torch so it's going yeah. to be a lot of fun a lot a lot of fun to see this thing and and we're going to be bringing a ton of updates throughout the life of this as well um this isn't just going to be a hey guys here's here's this farm oh a couple of years later here it is again we finished we want to we want to kind of talk everybody through it and just kind of bring more light to the farm because it is a really neat project really cool landscape absolutely yeah it's uh it's a really cool one and hopefully you guys will enjoy brenton and uh you'll be hearing more from him in the future and uh man i i can't wait to to share with everyone the whole just the diversity of the plants and the whole transition uh, a lot of cedars yes. are going to be hitting the ground um that's <laughs> yeah. going to be awesome uh, but it's one of those that you know you'll hear us talk in this in this podcast about kind of the rich history of the Lus hills but also just you're going to get to see a major transition happen in in a couple of years that's something that for a lot of us it happens over the lifetime or over 10 mm-hmm. years plus and this is an investment so there's a lot of a lot of um guts behind it so there's going to be uh 
uh, a quick transition uh, occurring here. So, but I I'm think that's also important. It. It's also important to share just how fast these transformations, though, can be. Uh, yeah. you know, and how responsive nature is. And this is why we talk about, you know, disturbances and everything so often, so much, is because, and especially in a landscape like this, when you do this work, we know what's going to happen and it's going to be awesome. So, yeah. Um, just further encouragement for anyone listening guys get out there and do it this is the time of the year like not only said. that too but uh, i think that not to toot our own horn by any means but having a plan in place um yes. for brenton and 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 group and his team that yep. they're going to be able to they know exactly the best way to attack it the time of the year to attack it um and how to make the quickest transition possible it's like uh, is it what? Where is the value? Is the value in just knowing what to do and to make the quickest turnaround possible, or to teach yourself how to make this happen and then try to cram that into the quickest turnaround possible? And and that's why we get to be involved in it is making sure we're as productive as possible. Mm-hmm. Because so. that's the thing when when you have a uh, just a few growing seasons to make something happen and and see these big changes. Boy, you better you better make sure you're doing things at the right time of the year. Yeah, we've had that discussion a lot uh, <laughs> with a couple of landowners lately, and I'll I'll draw it into uh, you know I've got a, a a daughter who's now 14 months old, and somebody told me yeah think about that you you got to celebrate your second Christmas with her. Of course, she was only a few weeks old last year, but this year was the first year of like unwrapping some presents. Is like just think. May only have eighteen more where she's she's right there home for for several weeks during the Christmas season. It may be off to college and you only get to see her and it's like when you put it into eighteen seasons or eighteen uh-huh. eighteen holidays, now flip that and go, you know, you may only have how many seasons how many seasons of habitat Two work do you have before seasons. you get to yeah. you know, you've got five seasons to do the work and then once the work's done, now we're gonna start seeing the the animals really take take uh, advantage of the habitat being improved, and then you may only have fifteen more seasons to enjoy that. That's that doesn't seem like a lot. So it's important to really really get after it, really make that transition happen fast. That way you can sit back and enjoy it, rather than five years from now go, man, I wish I'd have figured that out a long time ago. Yes, for so, sure. Anyway, for sure. Yeah. Hopefully you guys enjoy it, and uh, yeah, if if it's something you're considering too, you're looking for a farm, I mean, this is our plug. If you're looking for a farm or considering uh, investing in some land, um, shoot us an email. Get on our website, landandlegacy.tv, and uh, shoot us a, go to the consultation or the real estate tab and shoot us a, shoot us a message. All righty, Brenton, are you there? Yes, sir. And well, welcome to the Land Legacy Podcast. I feel like this is a little bit of a long time coming. Yeah. There's... Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely been looking forward to this. Didn't know it would be happening in February of 2020. Right. Uh, it might be more like May or June. It's uh, it's funny sometimes just what, what all's happening. There's been there's been a lot kind of behind the scenes, but. Um, what we want to do today is really just chat with you about um, kind of the, the next several months, years as to 
what's going to be happening up in your neck of the woods and um, kind of how Land Legacy is going to be a part of that. But it ties in a lot of different aspects of Land Legacy into kind of one project. And we're super excited. I know Adam, I, Adam and I are. Um, so first off, just kind of want to start with just a little bit of background information on you um, kind of h- how did how did this group uh, of friends and family kind of get assembled to be able to begin thinking about purchasing a property together? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, it's, I'd say really, if, if we want to tell the story correctly, um, I purchased my first piece of ground probably five years ago four years ago so i kind of scraped my pennies and my dimes together um and purchased um 60-ish acres about seven or eight minutes from my house and um was i'd always dreamed and wanted to to get my own piece of ground to be able to kind of work on um and uh i ended up buying that with my parents and so pretty much since then every piece of ground i've either bought with my parents or with my parents and, and a business partner um, or basically uh, someone who enjoys the outdoors, um, especially in regards to our recreational ground, not maybe some of our other types of real estate. So, but <clears throat> how this specific group formed was um, my dad was going to be retiring from farming. And um, we knew that once he did that, we wanted to start kind of buying recreational ground, fixing it up and selling it or keeping it depending on how the cards fall. And, um, uh, we actually, the, the farming neighbors up where my parents live approached my dad earlier than, than he thought. We kind of anticipated and um, offered them basically a price that they couldn't walk away from. And so they decided to sell everything they had and moved to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where my mom works. And we knew that that started the trigger of basically, okay, now it's time to go and kind of... Uh, move forward on on buying uh, recreational ground with it as a me and my parents but I, I had this feeling like it would probably be good to have one other investor um, or one other business partner just because you know pieces of property we were going to be looking at were probably 200 to four or 500 acre parcels and so you know anywhere from you know just under a million to maybe two two and a half so um little bit more than I was maybe comfortable. I mean, me and my parents can maybe bite this amount off, but it would be just make more sense and be wise to just have one other person. So I had been praying about that. And um, I ironically had some people approach me who knew we've been kind of buying real estate and selling real estate, but um, they, they approached me and wanted to, to partner with me and my parents, but um, I didn't, uh, I just didn't feel at peace with it. So, I actually approached a friend of mine who I was kind of apprehensive to do so, and um, he was all in. And he had actually, ironically, had been wanting to do this for quite some time. But what was he's very busy, and he has a lot of things going on. Um, he actually owns quite a bit of farm ground and recreational ground, about an hour east of where I live. And so um, he uh, wants he wanted to do the same thing for quite some time, but just didn't have the right group of people to do it. And, and so it was just kind of this, you know, we kind of started to refer to it as the dream team, but it basically it's my parents, myself, and a good friend of mine that I've become closer, close with in the past two years that I just, I trust and know his heart. 
And so that first and foremost, if you're going to buy a property with someone, you know, besides having a good operating agreement, you better be on the same page from a gut level, from a um, just how you see things and how you want to go about things. And you want to be on the same page um, because even a good operating agreement or business partnership agreement, it's really only as good as being able to trust the people you're working with. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's definitely a smart and wise uh, point to be to be made if you're going in with a group. Got to have the same page uh, definitely covered there. So if if you were to describe, I guess like the the goal of this land purchase, what would that be as a collective? What what's the what's the purpose of getting this new piece of property? Yeah, so we wanted to be able to buy a piece of recreational ground. Um, that we felt like had a lot of potential, but hadn't been maximized um, that a family could come in when we're done with it and be able to enjoy throughout the year. Um, and that also would hopefully return some sort of uh, have some sort of ROI or return on investment. So that's what we were looking for. Um, we had spent quite a, quite a bit of time looking online and um, when actually we came up, we came, this farm came to us when uh, we were going to look at a different piece of farm. But yeah, I mean, basically we were looking for a piece of farm that we could buy right, improve recreationally, that had return on investment um, that some other family down the road or group of buyers would be able to enjoy. I love it. I and mean, that, that's, that's kind of like the, the whole, the whole purpose there of, creating and improving habitat is to get other people not just yourself but outdoors so you guys now kind of introduce this piece of property what what is the name of the property and then kind of describe how land and legacy has gotten involved with this purchase yeah so um we we were trying to find the right name and we were kind of toying with some you know different versions um but i think after seeing the farm a couple of times we knew it had to have oak in it just because it's there's some there's some oaks on this farm that we think were probably there back when lewis and clark were probably coming through the area um because this farm isn't too far away from sioux city and sioux city is um where uh, Floyd Sargent, I believe, was uh, buried. I think that was his name, but one of the crew members of the Lewis and Clark. So there, there's oaks on this property that we think were probably there or close to when Lewis and Clark came through before Western settlers, so to speak, came through and kind of changed the landscape. Um, and so they're burr oaks. So between the fact that there's just these awesome, majestic oaks on the farm and between the fact that there's some views that would probably remind a lot of people of uh, out west, and you can see for eight to ten miles, and it's just gorgeous. We called it the the Borough Bluffs. So um, creative, but not too creative. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, well, I could I could see that one coming. We got awesome terrain, topography features, beautiful, massive burrows, and why not just combine the two of them and have a descriptive name, but something that also has like that that like almost mighty like strength kind of name built in there and and we haven't done a good job yet uh, of really describing this area adam 
I know you've worked in this area in the past. Um, I've driven through it, but this was my first time, let's say, being in the Lust Hills. What When, when you d- describe the Lust Hills, what is that to you? Yeah. So I think you hit on a couple of points there, Brenton, that's just I want to circle back to because um, – Anybody who's a history buff and has and has heard the Lewis and Clark journals or read the books or whatever it is, you've done any kind of research, you know that one of their first official meetings with Native, Native Americans was in that area of Iowa uh, near Council Bluffs, and they actually went and met up on the hillside or the hill that overlooked this this Missouri River Valley, and hence the name Council Bluffs, they had their meeting, and they were actually meeting in the Lust Hills. Now, the interesting thing about the Lust Hills is if if you've ever driven through that part of the world, you're driving through miles and miles and miles of crop fields. Mm -hmm. You'll get some slightly rolling crop hills or some crop fields, but you don't really have anything that's mountainous or has any kind of resemblance to... (laughs) Uh, mountains or Colorado, um, and all of a sudden you just you get a little bit closer to that to the to the river, and and, and some places like in Missouri we call them Missouri River breaks or places when you start getting close to the Mississippi River it's pretty flat, and all of a sudden there's there's some terrain. But the Lust Hills are a little bit different than some of those um, than a lot of those actually because of the fact that they're a little bit more barren. Um, or should be should be right <laughs> should be a little bit more barren um, and then they have these just big majestic bur oaks around the sides and on the ridge tops kind of scattered across in in almost a grassland savanna ecosystem highly diverse um, that overlooks just miles and miles and miles of what is now crop field but um, what would have been beautiful, expansive prairies. Um, yeah. And, like, lower floodplain prairies. Um, yeah. Just I- I- incredible stuff. And it's really cool to sit up there. I, I don't know. We all probably took five, ten minutes on one of the ridges on this farm when we toured it. And we're like, can you just imagine oh. what this place would look like? You no, know, you think about bison herds and elk. Just varying species that would have been uh, living there. And, of course, there's still a highly diverse ecosystem because – you know, when you climb up on the Les Hills, if you climb up on one that's got a view that doesn't, is not completely covered in cedars, um, <laughs> you almost get to take a step back in the time machine to what it was pre-settlement. Oh yeah, because everything—it's never been plowed, um, it's not really been destroyed, or it's too steep to really uh, build a bunch of homes on it. So it's just. Climbing the hills, you're climbing back into history and looking at a landscape that has been pretty well untouched. Um, And that's what's so exciting about this is because with a little bit of work, we can restore it pretty quickly to a native ecosystem that is highly diverse and highly productive for a, a wide variety of wildlife. Um, and then that's not even counting the views that you're going to get. No, totally. So it's it's a special, special place. And it's it's really special, and I know, like I said, Adam and I are super excited, Brenton, to be a part of this project. And you guys reached out and, you know, said, hey, we're, we're looking for a piece of property. This is our goals. Um, 
we were kind of we were all about it. I mean, any any new lander that we, landowner we have a chance to be able to work with um, is super exciting for us. But knowing the location in which you guys were trying to find a property, um, that was like, oh man, we we want to get in in on that for sure. Um, but kind of yeah. kind of go back through just a, a quick um, explanation of, of why you reached out and then how Land Legacy has helped. Um, thus far, and that'll, that'll kind of take us into the, the consultation day when we actually were on the property with you guys, um, and then we'll kind of, I don't know, we'll describe the property to, to folks and what's actually there. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, gosh, uh, you know, like I said, so when everything got triggered, basically my dad's going to be done um, actively farming January 1st selling their acreage, selling their farm. Um, I, I guess I was initially just planning on us buying a farm and doing the work ourselves and not having a, uh, another company, let's just say, maybe have boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. I do. I did want to have a company that would do a, a, a plan um, just because, um, you know, I, I knew enough to be dangerous and I still, I still kind of put myself in that boat and I probably will be in that boat for quite some time, but I knew I had gone through, I kind of fallen in love with the QDMA philosophy a number of years ago, maybe five years ago, shortly after I bought my farm, my first farm. And I knew that, um, I had, I had fallen in love with kind of their philosophy, which is really just getting to understand nature and, um, getting to understand deer and how they interact with it and the benefits, pros, cons, this, that, and the other. And so, um, I had reached out to a couple different habitat consultants this past fall, just wanting to be able to pick one to come do consultation on the current farm we had, and then also work with on a, on a, the first potential farm to buy and kind of fix up, let's just say, or rehab. Um, and so I had actually reached out to you guys, and I had known that you guys had spoke at QDMA's 30-year um, anniversary down in uh, – Louisiana, right? Yes. New Orleans? Yep. yep. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a southerner, boys. <laughs> and so um, I remember I'd seen Adam Keith and, and just briefly remember Matt Dine. I remember seeing your, your guys' um, kind of intro reel or sizzle reel a couple of years ago back when you launched your company. And, and so I knew I wanted to check with you guys. I um if I'm being honest, you know, I hadn't really done a good job of researching everything you guys do, but basically a phone conversation I, with Matt Dye, because um, you're the one that returned my email, and I was just pretty blunt, was just like, hey, this is what we're looking for, um, and uh, we're interested in, you, interested in you guys. And at that time, I didn't know that you guys kind of at the backbone of your habitat consulting is QDMA, um, which is basically just science-based versus – just all the i'm just going to call it for what it is maybe they're like all the sales gimmicks or trinkety you know there's a lot of people who who dabble in the in the outdoor habitat consulting world that um it if you really start to look at it from a research and scientific base um they don't follow qdma and so basically my principle is like hey if someone doesn't follow qdma i'm probably not going to listen to what they have to say because um, they're probably maybe more focused on making money than they are the truth behind restoring habitat and understanding deer. So when I reached out to you guys and you guys were interested, um, yeah, I mean, basically, I, 
I didn't know it was going to turn into almost kind of a partnership, but um, you guys helped us, which was great. And it was actually kind of Matt, if I remember right, Matt, I think it was your idea, wasn't it? To kind of be like, hey, would you be interested in us helping you find the ground, not just you buy a ground and then bring us in? I think I think so. That, and that's something, uh, a service that we do offer to people and would like to do more of. But right, we, we want to help people identify the right piece of property that has the potential to be able to, whether it is um, enhance the habitat and then bring a new family into that property, or you're just looking, you have different goals and you want to keep it forever. Um, we can kind of help identify and maybe weed out some of the, the properties on the front end of things that aren't going to be able to do that or provide or have a bigger challenge to do that than others. So Yeah, and we come into it from a non-emotional standpoint. It's, correct. It's easy to look at be looking at farms and get an emotional attachment because of one little aspect and then realize that after the purchase, whoa, there was a whole lot more things involved in this. I should have seen that one. Yeah. 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 Yep. It's kind of like your, I, we call it – I've got a friend who we call it stupid checking. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. There you um, go. There and you that go. was a great idea. I, I didn't see that. You know, I was just looking at you guys at the time from like a habitat standpoint. But when you guys posed the question of like, hey, can we help you not only do the consultation and rehab the property, but probably more importantly, buy the right property? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think so many people miss that. They just look, look on their own or they, they use a real estate agent maybe that is just looking to sell grounds and maybe even a good, maybe even a good piece of ground, but maybe they're not focusing on it the way I am. And I knew that we had to a buy it right. I knew B that we had to probably look at quite a few farms before we found the right ones. So basically we had to be willing to get a lot of no's or you want, you can call it disappointment or basically just not get emotionally attached. And then I knew I needed someone who understood real estate and understood habitat. And that's incredibly difficult. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I've not met anybody who I feel like you're not paying me to say this. And, but this is the truth. I don't know. I have not found anybody yet in North America who understands real estate and the habitat side like you guys do. And so once that kind of became like the light bulb, I was like, oh, yeah, we're always using these guys going forward. Mm, I um, like that. We, well, we, we appreciate we, that praise. We might yeah. have to pay him after that. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that because that that right there is, is – um, really kind of some direction that that we'd like to to go and pursue even even further and i think that this project this is why it got adam and i so excited to be able to to do this and and not only to combine those different uh let's say skills or, or knowledge into one project but but do it in an area that has so much significance from just a, a, a ecological um, but opportunity recreational wise though too i mean you yeah. look at the Western Iowa, I think it's definitely overlooked, but it's like, wow, you can do so much there. And it's so oh, yeah. incredibly gorgeous at the same time. Oh, yeah. And so it was crazy. We, I, I remember getting the text message from a friend saying, hey, I know you guys are looking for ground. You might want to check this out. And I remember we were actually jumping on a plane with one of the, well, actually all the business owners at that time. So it was my dad and, and a friend of ours. And so literally we were stepping foot on a plane to go look at some property in Nebraska. And this text message at 1201 comes in, goes, Hey, I think you should check this farm out. Immediately. I forward this message to Matt Dye and I'm like, Hey, going to be on a plane. Um, we're taking off here. 
can you start vetting this thing? And that's kind of what we had been doing up until this point. Like we both were looking for farms, land legacy and myself. And it was like basically trying to just help each other weed out stuff. That's not even worth putting your boots on the ground and, um, going to look at. And so, um, we still have some interest in this Nebraska farm, but we knew this Iowa farm was special. And so it was the first one that I think everyone was like, man, this is a, we think we can get this at the price point we want. This has all the features that we we're looking for. And this is in an iconic area that is so overlooked, but is so gorgeous. I mean, I, more, more than killing a deer, truthfully, I'm excited to rehab this property and go sit, spend a half a day with a journal and sit and, on the last spot we stopped on that farm Oof. before we left and just sit. Yeah. The far West Ridge. Um, Brenton, a couple things. So, you know, with this landscape, it's just, it's just breathtaking. Um, and, and, and so f- let's tie that back into, you know, you purchased the farm, you mentioned it earlier, you're an investment group and you guys have purchased the farm to rehab, to basically fix it up. And then at some point in the future, you guys are going to walk away, find a buyer, and they're going to take this property, hopefully, for the rest of rest of their journey as a family. It could be a family or a business, but somebody's going to find this property and just get to enjoy it for forever. And I think that's one of the things about this property that's so intriguing and was so exciting is... We know it. I mean, it's Western Iowa. The deer hunting's going to be good. Um, Upland bird you, you hunting. Mean, you mean be, really good? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> really, really. It's going to be really good. Um, and then you've got upland bird hunting at some point, restoring some areas. Hopefully, uh, you know, there's still a, uh, a population in the area that will come back on the property. You can hunt cottontail rabbits, you can hunt turkeys. Um, there's a, there's a nice little kind of slough area and a lake on this or pond, whatever you want to call it, a couple acre pond that, uh, waterfowl hunting is, is available. Um, at the same time there's crops and then fishing, fishing. And so there's a whole long list of ways to enjoy this property and then not, not to even spend too much time dwelling in this but i'm gonna spend a little bit of time because it's worth it but you know we talked about the less hills earlier you know when matt and i walked it we walked this property in january and we were getting excited with the wildflowers that we were seeing Mm. just Mm. in their dormant state you know there was prairie clovers lead plant echinacea um and then all kinds of diverse native grasses um that really is like, I don't know what all is going to be blooming in the summer up here, but I'm sure in May or April there's going to be blooms, and it's going to bloom all the way to the end of the summer and into the fall. Not to mention um, the amount of shrubs, too. Yeah. We don't we see them, but not, not of that density on yeah, most places. For sure. And so, like, you think about it from a standpoint of a man with with a family who may be not – as dead serious about hunting, but they're an outdoorsy family, and so wife, daughter, sons that enjoy the just nature um, aspect, and they can get up on those hills and side slopes and see all these different flowers blooming, and and uh, just like Matt and I, nerd out. 
Um, and so to me, you know, when you initially engaged and, and, and reached out to us, it was an opportunity for us to not just help somebody find a piece of ground or help them give them some coaching on what they should look for. It was an opportunity for us to go from the real estate side, help find a piece of ground, make sure it's the right piece of ground, make sure that it's the piece of ground that is got great a great foundation that with a little bit of work can be completely transformed into one one of the best pieces of property, highly diverse in that part of the country. Oh. And then we can ensure that whenever the the purchase is done right, the initial site visit is assessed, and we can go into it and flip it with the least amount of expense put into it, find yeah. ways to cut cost but make a bigger impact, and then all at the same time just make sure it's done the right way. And that's yeah. what's exciting for us is we're getting to walk through this entire process with you so we're grateful for you um for including us in in this this whole project and i think no and i go ahead brent no i i appreciate it you know i it's funny i was i've always been for the most part disappointed with real estate agents up until now it's just because it's so often i felt like i know more than they know um and i'm not trying to say that to, to sound arrogant it's literally we had bought a farm not too far from this down in the floodplains and the reason we bought it is it sat in the market for a year and a half and all the opportunity on the farm had never been shown to the next buyer, not even much less the, the, what you have to do to rehab it. And so I feel like you guys were, uh, a, basically a blessing. I didn't know was going to be coming. That is like, man, th these guys are f so far ahead of where you think and feel you're at. And so there's someone that literally just helps you make good decisions. And when you're talking about these kind of dollars, you need someone to, even if you think you have a decent idea of what you're doing, you need someone to be uh, someone to help you vet out good and bad decisions. And not only that, but good, bad price points. You know, we actually had looked at a farm two months before this in the same region, but it was just way overpriced and they just didn't want to come down. It's a beautiful farm, but, you know, honestly, I think I like this one better. I think the views are, then I don't think they are better. It's just, uh, yeah, and so this has been a, you know, as long as you guys will work with us, man, this isn't, I doubt this is the last farm we ever do. Um, I think this, there'll be another one after this and another one after that. And um, I'm excited about the process. And, Absolutely. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about, this is an investment, so you're treating this as a business. This is kind of a, there's all kinds of different ways people can invest their money. One of the great things about this is while you've made the initial investment, you still get to enjoy oh, the yes. the hunting or the recreational side. So if you don't want to speak on that, this is a great, great time to let people be aware of the potential of investing in land. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in all honesty, uh, I'm in some other investment groups where we own apartments, we own storage units, we own developable ground, we own, um, different forms of real estate. I'm a huge believer in real estate and actually I work in the finance industry. So I'm, I believe it's smart to have money in the market too. Um, so I'm not just like, I, 
I would definitely say I'm not polarized in any one direction where, you know, you should invest only in the market. You should only invest in real estate. Um, I, I tell people to do what I do, you know, I, and I don't expect anybody to do anything different. So, um, you know, I, buying recreational ground and fixing it up and doing it right, there's not many people doing it, in all honesty. Um, and so uh, I think what's cool is I know I, know I don't want to lose money doing it, um, but I don't – and we're not going to. But I think probably one of the biggest ROIs on doing this is actually mental. Yeah, definitely. Um, or spiritual – you know, uh, I don't want to step on anybody's toes too much, but let's be honest. Um, just because you have 10, 15, 20 million in the bank when you go to be done, quote unquote, working, doesn't mean that you are fulfilled. It doesn't mean that, you know, um, that's buying you anything. Money doesn't buy happiness. And so we know for a fact on this farm that we bought it right. But more important than any of the other types of real estate I own that's not recreational is that this piece of ground for not just myself, myself and the other owners, we're going to be able to rehab it, fill a lot of, um, it's going to bring a lot of um, enjoyment and fulfillment. And we are going to be able to, um, the rehabbing is going to be fulfilling. I know that because I've done this part, this side on, on different farms, but even the, the hunting, the fishing um, today, for example, we just bought, um, we bought, my son has got, my five-year-old son's gotten into fishing and this farm, um, it's kind of adventuresome because we don't, we know that there's really good pan fishing. We think in this farm, the, the prior real estate company had no clue, which is well, kind of back to what we talked about earlier. It's kind of a conversation in of itself, but, um, we're going to go fishing today as long as weather, um, permitting with my dad and my kids, and we're going to go find out exactly what's going on in this farm and, and the size of the crappies and the size of the bluegill and hopefully catch some bass. And um, we're going to go get a return from this ground. That's not just money. Um, when we go visit it today and um, you know, yeah, I mean, creating, it, we're memories. definitely going to, I think not only will we make a good return on the sell of this ground, cause we bought it right. Um, but this property has ROI that's actually, you know, dollars and cents. And uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but um, yeah, I, there's just so many aspects to it. I think the biggest one with recreational, like I guess that I wanted to touch on is just what it does for you as a person is overlooked. Mm -hmm. Definitely. There, there's a lot of memories to be made throughout the process, whether it's you working with your dad uh, whether it's you just learning about the the habitat in a deeper way or um, creating these and sharing these memories with your son while while fishing um, but that's that's the that's the awesome thing is you can do that in in the time as you're rehabbing but then you're creating these opportunities for the next owner at the same time so you know when you pass that off that just just the passing of the torch is fulfilling in and of itself because you know that what you've created and put time and energy uh, work into is affording those opportunities for the next people. So that's, that's definitely really cool. And, and, I, and through this, through this whole process, you know, we were, we were on site, we came in, we, we've done the initial, let's say consultation day. We're working on developing a, a plan and a report to kind of guide 
you guys through the the transformation of this property. But um, lucky for us, we're we're still going to be able to bring everybody updates throughout the next few years on this farm, though, too. Um, Bur Oaks Bluff, and 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 you guys are going to see content. You guys are going to see updates on the podcast, um, photos, videos, maybe some hunting, hopefully some hunting, um, because this is going to be um, a project that we're going to be working on kind of more closely with you guys. And I'm just excited for everyone to to watch it develop, though, too, because we talk a lot about habitat transformation and people are familiar with you know, the Prairie Hollow property and all these things. But but this is another another farm in a different region that has different um, techniques, different um, things that are going to be exposed, a lot of cropland, but then prairie on it at the same time. So we'll be able to share that. And I think that is really what we're looking forward to as well, Adam, because this mm-hmm. is just – we already fell in love with it you know, as soon as you got there. And you kind of go through this entrance on the farm – and it's just like it just burst open as you go through the hills and just start seeing what lays back behind um, some of the the less hills. I was like, oh my gosh! So it was kind of like a immediate, yeah, and we're gonna like well, this one. So Matt and I, we we kind of have to divide and conquer. We got a lot of things, a lot of irons in the fire, and there's only really two of us um, that are day in day out trying to grind away and accomplish all this and. So, like with your project, you were initially talking with Matt and working with him on trying to find a piece of ground and looking at pieces of ground that you'd found. And, um, you know, you'd mentioned going over to look at one in Nebraska. And anytime I hear Western Iowa, I immediately think back to that first site visit that I have with another friend that's uh, in the Lust Hills. And it's just like, ooh, I like that area. That is just a beautiful area. And so it was kind of like, well, I don't know where we're going to end up, where you guys are going to find the farm. But And then Matt goes, I think we found one. It's in the Lust Hills. I was like, ooh, yes. I, hope, I hope they get that one. Yeah. And oddly enough, you're not that far away from the previous property I've worked. No, not at and all. so yeah. it's like, oh, my goodness. I know it's a great area because I've been all around there. Yeah, I think secretly, you know, we were open to a number of portions of the Midwest. We kind of had a radius from our base of operation in Sioux City, Iowa. But, you know, we were we were looking at eastern uh, Nebraska. We were looking at western um, Iowa, even southwestern Iowa. We were looking at southeastern uh, South Dakota, northeastern Kansas. And I think secretly, though, when me and Matt Diet had talked about this more and more, I think secretly, we, if we're being honest, we wanted to buy something in, like, the Les Hills area. Um, I definitely wanted to. I've always wanted to own property. I, I guess I do own a farm. Or we, me and my parents own a farm, 60-some acres. Um, that's technically in the Les Hills. It's just more populated. There's way more people. And so it doesn't have this feeling like a stepping back in time that um, – man, you know, I'm kind of glad we actually talked about maybe even trying to – do this in 15 months but then talking with one of the, the the friend who owns this with us we were like man i think we i think two years would be wiser and i maybe secretly behind all that we were just kind of wanting to salvage it for another year <laughs> yeah get get another hunting season in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay like, ah, yeah you know it wouldn't be the worst thing no not at all not at all so real quick let, let's kind of just uh give let's say a rough overview of the property and again, this is guys. This is just a, an introduction to the property. There'll be a lot more to come on this, but we certainly wanted to introduce it um, and get everyone's minds kind of 
thinking about it um, and excited about it. But uh, rough, rough property layout, Adam. What what is it that you see that you're like, whoa, I like, I like this, and here's kind of some high level habitat features that we're going to be able to restore and or create on the property. You know, from a go back to the past 200 podcasts we've done, we talk a lot about access. And there's a couple different ways to access this property. There's the way the maneuver around. Access is good. Um, It got better on site. It got better on (laughs) site. It was just a very nice layout. Um, So whatever wind we have, there's the ability to get into a spot where you know you've got a good chance at at getting a buck um, and at least seeing a bunch of deer. And, but going to the whole restoration side of it, and we're looking at what are we exactly going to restore, we're looking at it and going, okay, we have wide open barren ridge tops, barren knobs that's prairie, kind of a short grass prairie where little blue stem is kind of the dominating grass, but then go over to some slopes where we see more of the big blue stem, we're seeing more of the echinacea, and we're seeing kind of uh, more of a savanna transition, then going into more of a woodland, all the way down to your classic um, hackberry walnut drainage, like lowland area, um, to then, you know, crop field, which there's kind of that correlation that people have made uh, about, you know, and for you guys, you, you're getting that income every year with crops, but at the same time, having the ability to hunt crops, standing crops if you want. Um, and then, of course, you've got, well, we even f- found Illinois Bundleflower oh, we yeah. didn't even mention on this place. Yeah. So yeah. there's just a diversity of landscapes and that are all going to be able to be restored. Um, the shrub component is and what got Yeah, and, then, and the shrub land, you know, the barren ridge top, there's one right there we talked about on that west ridge to, to end the day. Kind of a cup shape or C-shape ridge that runs north and south, but down in, in the bottom is a great patch of gray dogwoods and just sumac trying to come back sumac in, and then plums. of course you have you have the the taller uh siberian elms that are growing there so those are going to be cut and we're going back to even more of a shrub component um to where it's like man this this is really really awesome for the standpoint of we've got diversity all the way around mm-hmm and, and and you still have that, like, I'm hunting, one, I'm still hunting in Iowa, so there's been some incredible deer in the past in this region, um, neighboring properties that have been harvested, so we know that they're there. But then you're still hunting in crop ground, but it, it it's not like you're flat, Illinois, there's not a hill or anything in sight. Like, you have this unique but beautiful combination of these open hillsides, shrubs, and crops yeah and it's like wow <laughs> this yeah. is awesome and i think that's one thing about i like more terrain if i was going to lean on if i could if i was buying one piece of property what i want it to be flat or what i want it to be more extreme almost borderline mountainous or steep hills i'll go with the mountainous steep hills just for the standpoint of the views the diversity and then also the ability to maneuver through Steer the property yeah. um because sometimes when it's flat, flat, it's it's hard to, to go beside a crop field without being seen. So sure. you picked a good one. Yeah, well, I mean, I, gosh, I feel like we kind of picked it, but I need to thank that a friend of mine who I actually own another farm with. And 
Uh, I really appreciate him saying that to me. Honestly, it was it was funny. We never this was this never showed up on any of the search sites. No. no. So it's almost like this little hidden gem. And <laughs> um, and I totally agree. This this farm, you know, it, if I didn't have other farms. I don't think I would let this one go. Um, <laughs> there's, there, there's that emotion we were talking about earlier. <laughs> you got to be careful. Uh, you got to be careful. I've already told myself from day one, this is not yours. And it's a good thing because I, we're going to make memories here. And it's and if we weren't going to be moving on to the next place and kind of more enjoying the process of re- renewing the land in other spots of western Iowa and throughout the Midwest – you know, I think I would maybe be more sad. I, I think I know that this won't be the last one like this. Sure. I think this one will have unique memories specific to it. But, you know, um, man, this place has it all. I, it's got the, the, the like we talked about. I think literally you could potentially kill every species in western Iowa on this farm and catch fish. And it's got a home on it. That's it's true. Just, man, it um, it checked every single box. And, uh, you know, fishing for me was, was always important, but it's become very important recently because my five-year-old son, I, my oldest, is really getting into fishing. We literally he caught a 14-inch crappie on a friend's pond last weekend. Um, it's got, you know, you could plant sunflowers, you could shoot doves. There's a good turkey population. We know, we know for a fact that um, two deer over 200 inches were killed in the same season within two years, ago, within two years that were deer on this farm. Yeah, that got killed by a neighbor, and this is with, this is with overgrown, overstocked, hasn't been taken care of habitat. So we're talking about monstrous deer, which I knew anyways, that are in this area with, you know, a lot of ground with potential, but it's not ground that's, it's ground that's in much need of restoration. Absolutely. And the pinch points and the hunting setups, I mean, my gosh, I'm going to be able to drive with a, with a UTV within 200 yards of some of these setups and be hunting over standing food that's within 200 yards of where we know for a fact because we already have bucks coming from these spots. I don't know if I told you guys. I literally saw – I pulled a camera. And we're going to have deer coming off of bedding areas well before shooting light is out. And it's going to be, I mean, I'm telling you, I, I don't want to say it before it's too early, but it's going to be a buffet of what do you want to shoot? Oof. It's going to be, it's going to be cool. There, th- this area and this farm specifically, we were walking and it was like, yeah, this hunts so, so easy. Um, so this is, this is just the intro to Baroque's Bluff, but I hope everyone is, is super excited for the, um, the additional information and content to be able to follow along on such a unique project. We're certainly thanking you, Brenton, and uh, your family and associates to to entrust us to be able to help you guys along on this process. Um, really and truly, it, it's it's a joy one to be able to work with you guys um, and just know kind of where your hearts are and what the goals are for this. Um, it fits us and what we do on a daily basis really well, but. My gosh, just one, the friendship and the, the beauty of this property is like, man, you don't have to twist our arm to get us back up there. We, we <laughs> certainly enjoy it. Yeah. Well, yeah, Adam, you got any, any other thoughts there? No, sir. I'm, I'm just very excited to be along for the ride and, and see the whole restoration of the Borough Bluffs property. Yeah, and I just, 
one one more thing that I think is just kind of important that I wanted to touch on real quick that we maybe haven't talked about, but um, you know, one of the owners that's not family when we had talked about this and decided to move forward, what, one of the big things that we want this to be with this farm or any other farm is just, we want it to be a blessing to others. Mm-hmm. And so we're, what, you know, what, one of the things we're excited for and looking forward to is being able to expose people to the outdoors who maybe don't have access or don't have the means to can use the benefits of what we all know comes from spending time out in creation. And that, more than killing deer, in all honesty, I am most excited to just see this ground in its purest form and to show people it who maybe haven't experienced the outdoors or the less hills in its purest form and just what that does for you. I, I can't – I just want to make sure I touch on that one more time because yeah, there's going to be people who hunt this farm who don't own this farm. Yeah, um, for sure. And there's going to be hopefully kids and friends and people we've never met who – going to take a doe or maybe a buck or that have never stepped foot on hunting ground maybe ever yeah fishing or just just going to sitting on those ridges and watching the sunset man you talk about the the community and and fellowship there it's it's gonna be awesome yes sir so i appreciate i appreciate you you hammering that home uh because that's super important and and honestly it's probably tie in really well to the next podcast that we're going to be recording so um and thanks thanks again Super, super appreciative of the opportunity. Um, hope everyone is kind of jazzed up about the Burr Oaks Farm because this is Ooh, yeah. Burr Oaks Bluff. Excuse me, this is going to be this one's going to be fun. This this one is just the beginning, but yes, this is going to be this is going to be fun. The best is yet to come. Ooh, the like best it. is yet to come. I like it. I like it. So, Brenton, thank you for your time, sir. We will uh, we'll catch guys. up with you later. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Well, there you have it, guys. Mr. Brenton. <laughs> I'm not even going to try the last gonna, name. <laughs> you're not even going to attempt the last I'm name, I'm not even going to attempt. No. <laughs> when, you, when you grow up and everybody around you <laughs> seems like Scotch or Irish, it's like, oh, last name Keith, last name Ty, last name uh, Jones. So what? <laughs> you get the German in there and you're like, Gibsonburger. <laughs> Feichenberger or something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I no, married I a think... and I married a Schubach, so yeah. yeah. Oh man. Oh. So there he is, Brenton, uh representing his his group uh and, of investors. And the Burr Oaks Bluff Farm. Yeah. Yeah. With a name like that, it's like that thing's gotta be I think it's gonna be good. Yeah, it's a it's a beauty. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, it's it's one of those that, you know, we try to take pictures and we've got some drone shots and um I'll probably I don't know, I'm I'm look at, trying to look at drone shot drone shots to maybe put as the cover of this or the thumbnail of this podcast. Uh or actually we'll probably use a picture from a phone, but it doesn't even do it justice. Um it it pictures sometimes when you get that the mountains and the and the skyline, it's just never does it is exactly no, no. like you see it. So, uh, but this is a beautiful farm. It's an awesome opportunity for us. So this is a thank you for from Landon Legacy to Brenton and his team for including us and working with us on this. It's going to be awesome to walk walk through this whole transformation. Well, without a doubt, I I hope that everyone is is just jazzed up about it as we are. You'll see stuff on social media, YouTube, uh, additional podcasts down the road about. 
Upper Oaks Bluff Farm. So it's going to be a cool one to follow along with, guys, and hope you guys get excited about it. And um, let us know if you guys have any questions regarding land sales or um, consultations or just getting your property tuned up. We would love to help you out. All right. Yeah.